Good morning, Good morning, folks. Anyways, we are gathered here today. We have um, Elam here. He's been sinning quite a bit. We have to have a few words because, you know, he's he's done a few things. Like, um, well, let's see. He made his wife breakfast this morning. That's not manly work. <laughs> shouldn't be doing that Elam what's wrong with you don't you know better and and we have my Amadino here and um, I guess the translation for that is your deacon I guess and another thing he's talking back to the bishop I didn't know that was allowed did you Chris uh, you know I think he needs to confess oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything to add to this <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I'm good at poking at Elam. Um, we're from the same area, and um, his background and my background, we come from different, you know, I come from Weaverland Conference and Eastern and stuff like that, and he comes from Amish, but some of the cores are a lot the same. And when I found out that Elam was married with kids and then he left, um, my mom and dad got married. And then at 18 months, my mom took off. And in the plain communities, when your spouse leaves and then you can't get remarried. And so I enjoy poking at Elam. Because, you know, he left his wife high and dry there. <laughs> yep. Never allowed to get remarried. Oh, I feel like that, that deserves a confession, too. <laughs> um, like, for reals. Come on, Elam. That poor woman. <laughs> she'll, she'll never have a, a another person that's like, she can get married to, she can't get remarried, she can't have sex, because that's a sin. Sex outside of procreation is a sin. Well, so, and masturbation's a sin. So, I mean, where'd you leave her, Ela? You guys are just going to talk shit about my ex-wife, aren't you? <laughs> we're not talking, no, we're shit, talking about shit about her. you! We're talking shit about you! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know my, my dad yeah. only lasted about three and a half years until he left then, you know, leaving me with my grandparents because, you know, when I was four, he would have been 24. And so when my mom left, he was 21, 22 and telling a, a 22 year old man that, you know, he's only had relations for about three or four years now and now you can never do it again you know that don't that don't work too well you, you well, know how to you cut know he can't use the hand so right that. that's know, a sin you know how to cut to the chase don't you chris i do i am very <laughs> blunt and to the point <laughs> so come on elam let's hear your confessions you have well, like three. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I can uh, um, I, I can answer or or you know all I can do is tell my story and, and I'm happy to do that and 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 I think it's appropriate that that uh, Chris brings it up and um, the some of the uh, you know there's things that I've never talked about. Partly because I didn't want to publicly publicly air stuff that my kids were living through the midst of it, but um, I think I'm ready to 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 talk about it. And uh, um, thank you for asking or 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 bringing it up, you know. <laughs> um, and and I guess the one thing I'd love to I, I want to say is is that. Um, my now former wife, I, I'm going to try not to use her name. Um, um, 
we loved each other. And this was not some, some, you know, well, it was, it was a tragedy, but it was also, it's also a love story. And, um, um, you know, the night, uh, I, I just quit going to church, you know, at some point and, and nothing happened. I didn't say nothing. I just quit going to church and, and they took their good old time reacting to that. It could have been two months before they even, the ministers came to visit me. And the first time the visitors came to, to visit us or me about it, then's when it got really real. Like, you know, and that night, once they left, uh, my wife and I held each other all through the night just clung to each other we were scared shitless <laughs> and um the, the the tragedy that and the heartbreak for me is that um our relationship what attracted us to each other was you know from the very beginning was that we were both skeptical of you know patriarchal or religious authoritarianism of, um uh, I had I, I had been strongly influenced by my mother in ways that were pretty severe. That I, I could never be uh, a good Amish man uh, because I was uh, just you know to put it nicely, I was skeptical about you know patriarchal religious authoritarianism. To to put it a little bit more bluntly. <laughs> For Chris' benefit, I I hated men, and and um, and what drew, what attracted um, my wife and I to each other is that uh, it's probably fair to say that she did too, and so we had this little uh, safe cocoon in our relationship that that protected her. You know, she asked me when we were dating, she asked me, are you a, are you a, um, a male chauvinist? I didn't freaking know what a male chauvinist was, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, that's, that's our story. And what was the, the heartache, the heartbreak was that um, when I left and, and in the ensuing years, while we, we're still together, which was at least five, six years. We, um, um, uh, sorry, I forgot what, was, what I was going to say about that. I thought he froze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought he froze too. <laughs> well, I, I did froze here in the headlight. You know? <laughs> um, I, I forget forget what I was going to say about that, but but um, you know she she well she she ended up choosing the church over that original pact we had with each other, and that that was a heartbreak. And uh, but um, I think that's what my mother would say of my father too. You know that he chose religion you know over their relationship yeah and um here's here's a question so like one of our commenters on youtube stefan says you would think they would try to keep or make family units as a whole which is where so elam experienced it as the person in the relationship and chris experienced it as the child of that relationship I, I think they'd say they do try and keep families as a whole, though, because the whole, as they would say, biblical concept of one woman, one man come together for life. And so that's the family unit as a whole. And so allowing for remarriage would be to them destroying family units. 
but they already you know, destroyed. It doesn't, well, yeah, it doesn't matter that my mom went on to get married how many times, you know, and if my father had stayed, he would have been forced to be alone. You know, it would have been... If she would have came crawling back, he would have been and humbled herself before the church. Yeah. You know, you know, you know get, what I'm get saying. Up there in front of the church and confess that you sinned and you chose the wrong path and, you know, promise to do better from here on out. And then like, okay, yeah, no. And, um, and I think well, it's like, part of, say like Elam would try they, to go back but, and, and humble himself before the, the church, you know, yeah, Elam. You gotta go you back got, and you, you humble high, yourself. You and... got high hopes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, well, you, you have high hopes for me, don't you? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well, at one well, of the, our... the thing that I want that I want to talk about is that you know the the Amish story, the, the many of these stories and and identities about playing community are so one dimensional and they're one dimensional caricatures and and the way. The way for us to to cut through that and not let outsiders, Crable, these romance writers, what uh, Beverly Lewis or whatever her name is, yeah, you know, they they turn us into these caricatures, and it's only by telling our story that that we can cut through that. And so, if you'll indulge me, I'd like to to go a little deeper into this uh our story um was was a tragedy it was it was but it was also a love story and um and it you know there there was heartbreak but but um one of the things that happened is that you know that was part of our story is that even though Leah stayed or, you know, she, it, it, at, when I left, she couldn't leave. She hated being, she hated her role as an Amish woman. And she, she hated that, you know, she couldn't do anything about it, that she was trapped. And, and she, she acted that out uh, in our relationship because that was our agreement. She could, she could be, um, open about hating the patriarchy with me. And sometimes that turned into I was her punching bag. But but it also turned into her acting out uh, her frustrations with, with the children. And what I am going to, the story I, I, I'm going to claim as my story is that my leaving removed um, the irritant in in her space so that she could um, step out of that dynamic that she had chosen. And I, I believe if I would have stayed, uh, we'd still be Amish, but our kids wouldn't. And our kids wouldn't have anything to do with us. And my leaving... Uh, while it was at least seen from from my viewpoint that I was destroying our family, I was literally giving my children their mother because it allowed her to to choose to to be a mother without this. I, I think there's a couple things that happened. Once I left and she stayed, she was royalty to the Amish. And so it gave her some breathing space. They, they weren't watching her because nobody could touch her because she was the golden uh -huh. one. Her husband who, who left had, and she stayed. Yeah. Oh, and it's yeah, such that, a that, tragedy. Anyway, and that yeah. poor woman. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what Elam did? But, but it gave her on, it gave her this space. To... Like <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, let's Sorry. be honest. I know 
that there's a plain email group that goes by the the little short moniker of Gab. But, you know, it stands for God's Abundant Blessings. And it's a bunch of plain women, and they sit and they talk on email. And they would say they share their prayer requests and concerns. You know? <laughs> but you know it's just I mean, a gossip group. All that is is the gossip line. Yes. It, 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 the gossip line has gone high tech now. You can be part of a couple different denominations and still be part of that gossip line. And you get to know everybody's dirt now, not just the dirt from Sunday morning. Again, behind the How hands. do you know about this, Chris? I used to we belong just, to Gab. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh, that's funny. We do have a question for Chris. Like, um, in Chris's situation, why would they force your father to remain single? <sighs> Because remarriage while your spouse is living is unbiblical. I mean, yeah. Period. And then I want to also point out that this isn't too far from like what the Jehovah's Witnesses do. Um, Because look at this. My sister left her abusive JW husband. They wanted her to stay single because they can't divorce unless adultery is involved. They disfellowshipped and shunned her because she refused to stay, stay single. So in her case, like she did remarry, but then they shunned her, like they they cast her out. Like that's really- well, yeah. I mean, my father left. Um, I guess at some point he started dating. I'm not exactly sure how he met my stepmother, um, but he started dating. Uh, I guess she was going to a Lutheran church at the time, so a Lutheran woman. And (laughs) he ended up, he petitioned the church to allow him to, I guess he waited until he was ready to get married to bring this in front of the church. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Oh, yeah, he was sneaking around dating my stepmother. Oh, my gosh. And he petitioned the, the church to marry them. And the church no, I don't know. How, I don't know how that would have gone. No, no, there's no way. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> so he, he left, and they got married, and they went to the Lutheran church for a while, and then they actually went to the same church that BJ grew up in. My partner BJ, um, the Presbyterian church. Oh wow. So, BJ knows some of my stepmother's family through that, which is really weird. <laughs> so, essentially, like, they, they practically, in order for him to have remained in the church, he would have had to, like, give up his relationship with this woman that he had been seeing and had developed (laughs) yep in secret so either it was he give up this relationship or he yeah i think he thought he could force his way in i don't know i don't know what he was thinking i don't know how he thought he was gonna force that you know yeah that's a little bit of, of pride there too thinking you can change a whole whole church because this affects you for the rest of your life um yeah yeah a little bit a little bit well Well, you know when you come from a good family they may do that you know if you're part of the good families sometimes they may make i guess i mean i I mean that's the thing um my freinschaft gave the the land way back when for the the old weaverland mennonite church Oh yeah, that, you know that's, that raises that's, your status. You know, our Freinschaft gave the land for that. Oops, that raises your status, like yeah. for reals. Um, do you do y'all want to talk about this? All families are nuclear and successful. The appearance that everything is perfect. Oh yeah, <laughs> and if it's if it's not, 
if, if you are the outlier, you know it. You know. You know. It. Oh yeah. yeah. The the whole idea growing up, you know, being raised by my grandparents. Then you know, because my father was expected to live, I guess, with my grandparents for the rest of his life because you uh -huh. know you need you need a woman to help raise the children. Yeah, because it's not a man's job. Right. I guess, I, I guess in that aspect, like Elam didn't sin in that aspect. He had the right. right. Idea. It was his his Amish wife's job to raise those children. Right. So there needed to be a woman in that equation. So that fell to grandma. Yep. You know, and, and my grandparents on the other side were there too. Um, wow. You know, the, the, I, um, yeah, it, it fell upon both sets of grandparents were looked at, looked upon to raise, this child which is why from 18 months old and on I spent so much time if I wasn't with my father at grandma and grandpa's house I was um at my other grandparents house which was less than a mile away you know they the farms were close to each other and so yeah they just, they have this whole, like, set way of, like, doing things. And I think um, part of it is, is, like, in the event of, like, you know, when when you have um, young girls that are impregnated by rapists, they, they know what to do. In these plain communities, they know what to do. It happens that frequently that they know what to do. But also when you have situations like this, like they have it all figured out. Like they, they know what to do with these children that like the... Whoa, our audio is struggling. Yours is struggling? Yours must be. Mine's fine. Mine's <laughs> fine too. It's not my fault what? you don't get Why internet. Don't... I know. We need to we need to start a fund to get Elam internet. Yeah, we need a GoFundMe for Elam to have internet. Because the internet I is don't really, think really I don't great. think it's my connection this morning. I think it is. I think it is. Mine's fine. I hear you just fine. Yeah. I hear Chris just fine. Oh, there we go. Oh, we lost him. Uh oh. So, <laughs> So anyways, let's go back to the comments kind of sort of and catch up on those. Um, so this one just says they kicked out because they, the elders, this must be about the Jehovah's Witnesses, sat outside her flat in their car and they seen a male coming in and out of her home and it was her boss from work. Hey, what's the perception if a woman's alone with a, a man? A woman cannot be alone with a man. Even, because, even when you're you're... 13 you cannot be you, you know no i mean Whoa. the perception is reality and you're gonna get a name for yourself oh yeah you can be a especially, especially when you grow up being told don't be a whore like your mother you know you know better than to hang out with with the other you know yeah the opposite sex yeah yeah sell because. a snet chite um, and for those who didn't understand that, that means it's not right. Like, it's just a very blunt statement of it's not right. It's not the right thing to do. It's the wrong thing to do. And it makes you a whore, basically. Yep. So, e even if you don't touch each other at all, even like in the fingertips, you're, you know. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm legitimately sitting here going, like, seriously, like, you know, I am truly a Jezebel today. Well, are you showing your elbows? <gasps> it's the boobies. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I'm showing a lot. It's the elbows. How can you show your elbows, those dirty elbows? Yeah, for reals. And then we have another comment. Somebody says, I don't know the details. My Mennonite grandmother left the Mennonite church to marry my Catholic raised grandfather. They became Lutheran to split the difference. To split the difference. That's interesting. 
thank you for sharing that. Well, I wonder if she was ever accused what I was accused. Um, the idea of running away. Oh, you found someone outside the church to run away. To run away? Oh, yeah. Mm. You know. Of, um, you know, so, so here's the thing is most of these playing communities, if you look at the background of them, like they come from the Catholic church, but like really, truly, um, how, how different are they from the Catholic church? Because there, there's like a I mean, you still got to confess to the church, and but and you got to confess in front of the whole church instead of just a pre, uh, priest in a box. Yep, yep, yep. Have you ever been to a Catholic church service? Yes. I me had too. a friend when I was like 16. He took me to his Catholic church service. It's not that different. Let's just be honest, though. He was just trying to get my pants. I'm sure. <laughs> But, but I had a friend when I was around that age that took me to her church and scared the bejesus out of me because she went to um, a community church that did the whole falling over thing. <laughs> I bet you were terrified. <laughs> I was so terrified. And then she asked me if I wanted them to pray for me. I was terrified. <laughs> no, I've been to one of those churches. Well, coming anyway. out, having not experienced anything like that, it was it was definitely a culture shock. You no. know, I, I I went to all sorts of things trying to you know after after I left, I went on the 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 church tour. I did too. I researched the origins of the Bible. I studied like Protestant, Lutheran, Baptist, all kinds of different religions. And at the end of the day, I was like, um, you know, so basically most of them have the same message just in different words or with different names. Well, I have a problem everywhere I go. And that's I ask too many questions. I poke too much. Yeah, I have that same. Uh, you all know nothing about that, right? <laughs> I can relate. I poke too many questions. You know, when you poke holes in some things, like it gives you a problem. Uh, but anyways, I have another question. Is that um, so inside of these churches, like if you have a problem, like what keeps you from bringing it to the ministry? Because I know what kept me from bringing it to the ministry like what what silences you well especially if you're a woman i don't know you know because i was assigned female at birth if you want to say something your words not as good as a man's yep um like there is if we're going to go in there there's documented history of my grandfather, my mother's father, the whole way back to the 70s. Jesus but the Christ. The churches have forgiven and forgiven and forgiven, you know. And they don't even want to talk to some of us. The, the latest round going around about him was last year and the church he now attends where everyone loves him you know oh everybody loves grandpa harold grandpa harold is wonderful they had a meeting with the man they didn't even ask my uncle daniel to be there and my uncle daniel you know is now a child psychologist and you know speaks out about these issues and is very willing to be open about what happened to him they didn't even ask him to attend this meeting where they got together and decided, okay, Harold, you're good. To even address something within the church, you need witnesses almost 
somebody needs to witness this and go with you because, you know, otherwise there's no. There's no proof and your word doesn't matter and you will be silenced anyways. And even if there is proof, like, um, I, I guess my what I'm poking at and what I'm trying to get at is that a lot of times, so we have this whole, like, situation in America where, like, people do report, like, some of the uh, sexual assaults and physical abuse. And when they report it, like, what what happens? But the other part is, is, like, part of what prevents people from being able to speak openly about it is, like, when they have this background coming from a plain community like that where your word doesn't matter, it makes it doubly hard to even acknowledge that the abuse existed. Well, and even if you acknowledge it, who are you going to talk to about it? Um, especially if you're still in the church. Your ministers aren't going to really do anything. And if they do and the person says, oh, I'm sorry, then it's all good. And you're not going to go outside the church to the world because the world is evil. Yep. You know, exactly. and so I still have a huge fear of police and I'm white. So, you know, it's not real. I, I understand when people of color have a fear of police because there's a history of violence towards people of color, but I'm white. I have no, I can go to a cop and they're probably going to listen to me. But I can't. I, I the idea I have only spoken to cops twice in my life. And the first time I was 17 years old and I got pulled over because my front headlight was out. And by the time the cop got up to my door, I was almost in a full blown panic attack. Because I was going to have to talk to a cop. You know, and the whole idea was terrifying. Because nobody ever came out and said, cops are evil inside the church. But the outside world is evil. And cops are of the world. So, you know, cops are evil. Well, see, and then there's this other problem with, like, um, when you do report, like, there's some states where the statute of limitations has run out and they do nothing. There's other, like, it varies by county. Like, if you're a, for a former plane person and you report abuse, there's cops that will literally tell you, oh, they're Amish or they're this, and they would never do that. And while, like, it seems to be improving in some areas, there's still other areas where, you know, it still keeps happening. And I believe that's part of the problem is not only do you have this inherent fear, like, do you think that affects you at all? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I only started speaking out at all February of 2020. And <sighs> that was it wasn't even on purpose, to be honest. I mean, it was the whole Christian Aid Ministries scandal broke. And there oh. was, yeah, there was the whole oh. thing of, well, they say that Harold Herr was informed about, and I'm reading all of this. I'm on this one woman's blog that does a good job of trying to bring truth to light. And she was talking about this, and I just commented, well, of course Harold did nothing. You know, he's as bad as the rest. You know, a pedophile is not going to report another pedophile. Hashtag you, facts. You, you, you go, tell Chris. him, Chris. You tell him. And that was the first time I publicly said anything. And I was at work on break, left that comment, went back onto the floor to work and thought, oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. Did it really sink in what you've done? Yeah, oh my. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh shit, I just opened 
I've just opened the, the can of worms. I mean, luckily enough, at that point, and a lot still, I mean, I know that's going to change eventually. People don't know where to place me. Yeah. I mean, talking here, I've said a little bit about my background, and I think people are eventually, are pretty much going to be able to to place where I go. Yep. But up until this point, people didn't know where to place me. It's right. like, oh, did you hear Harold Hur's grandchild said such and such? What do you think about, you know, what Harold Hur's grandchild said? And But people couldn't even figure, you know... Well, I went to Aunt Rachel's funeral, and my mother went, too, and started introducing to people about being their her oldest child, <laughs> but my mom was using Chris also, so there's people who still haven't been able to figure out, you know, where I fit in the hierarchy category. Is that a man or a woman? <laughs> so, I mean, the people that know the family enough are going to know Lois's oldest child, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was one of those things. People don't know where to place me, so they don't know how much weight to put on my words. So, here's a question. Are you comfortable talking a little bit more about, like, why people don't know where to place you? Because, I mean. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, as you can see, the I got a nice little beard going here. I love that beard. It's amazing. Uh, and I joke, it, it's all natural. Not to say that people who go on hormone replacement therapy isn't. But th this, you know, no hormone replacement, no nothing, just... Just letting it grow. But yes, I was I was assigned female at birth. I was the child who wanted to do the stuff that the boys got to do, but wasn't allowed to do the stuff that boys could do because that wasn't woman's work. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know. Elam hasn't confessed to that, by the way. He was doing women's work. Yeah, Elam, you were doing women's work this morning. What the hell? <laughs> so, can I ask something though? Like, what? Oh yeah, sure. What are what are the appropriate pronouns for people to use? I use they them pronouns. Um, okay. I'm also okay with he him. You know, if people want to be like they them's too weird, he him works too. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. Um, so. Um, talking about growing up and wanting to do the things that boys wanted to do, you know, that brings up a few things for me, such as like one, uh, I always wanted to do what the boys do, but then there was like this other part where my egg donor like legitimately told me that it would have been better if I had born a, been born as a boy because I'm just a, you know, terrible girl. Well, it's funny Damn. because, um, my grandfather has has molested some girls, but he tends to skew to towards boys. So, so being born a boy in that aspect probably wouldn't have protected me. I don't think. That's crazy. I mean, the the first victims we know about for sure were when he was a teacher in the Eastern Pennsylvania Mennonite school. And I believe that was all boys. I mean, maybe, maybe there were some girls. I don't know the access he had to the girls, you know, I wasn't born yet. So, well, <laughs> but, and then my, my uncle, you know, and the chickens. So I, I can't figure that one out. The chickens. So, we have a couple questions, but I also think it's important to kind of touch on, like, the fact that you don't hear, um, somebody else had raised this, um, I think it was Audrey, you don't hear very many, like, ex-plane or former plane men talking about pedophilia or sexual assault, and 
Yeah, I think it's because that subject is so taboo. Like, yes, you you have all these people who were women, they're cis women or whatever. They're they're talking about this. They're being open about this, but you don't hear a lot of men talking about it. Do you have insight well, into it's, that? It's demeaning. <laughs> um, the idea that that there's an idea that that's almost a woman's position too. You know what I mean? And so if they admit that that happened to them it kind of takes away some of the masculinity. It, it's like I said, you have these seven boys that were in this Eastern school who probably went on to get married and have kids and raise in the church, you know, and they are probably not talking about this or working through this because you can't talk about it because it's, well, you can't be sensitive as a man inside the playing community. So you can't open yourself up to that. And you can't, I mean, something like that happened to you. Well, you know, that happens to women. You know, what, what kind of persona were you putting out there that made the person think of you as a woman? Mm-hmm. Or there's the whole thing of calling grandpa. People who do address it, address grandpa as, you know, homosexual because, you know, the church likes to demonize homosexuals. So when I run into Eastern people who know of Harold and everything, they refer to him as the homosexual. Oh, my gosh. You know, so he, it's, he has to be gay. So it's just another very silencing thing, and it's really brainwashing. Do you have insight into that, Elam? Why do men not well, speak I, up? I, I, I think it's um, it's a power play, at least in part. Uh, if if the men don't talk about it, if they don't engage with it, then then it's not real. As long as as long as this is sort of a hush hush, and and it's a it, it's the women's the women talk about it, the men don't. Um, they can avoid actually addressing and engaging in it. And it's, I, I think it's a power play of denying um, its space and, and legitimacy. Well, and inside Does the, the playing community, there's, there's women who quietly talk about this that will say, well, um, try not to, to be left alone in a room with this man or, you know, protect your children from this man. You know, it's it's a hush-hush, like, whisper list. You know, the women know. Yes, but there's no space, there's no safe place for men to talk about it. Even in, like, the plane groups or former plane groups where they're talking about this, how many men do you really see that are talking about this and acknowledging it? And do they even realize that it is sexual assault? They don't want anybody to talk about it, though, even in the playing groups. That's what I'm the saying. The ex-playing groups. You, you go in there and you get accused of bad-mouthing the playing community. It, even in there, you know, people can't talk about it. I mean, I have one relative who wanted to write a book about the family and even that story was, it didn't happen to me, but here's some of the stuff that happened. You know, it's, I don't know. It's the inability you can, if you put your face out there as a, a face for this having happened to, whether male, female, non-binary, whatever, you are going to be attacked. Yep. You're going to be labeled a Jezebel. You're going to be told you need to forgive. If you um, kind of sort of fight back or you keep continue speaking about it in those places, even though it's supposed to be a safe place, it's not a safe place and they will like remove you. Kind of like going through a double shunning. Yeah. I mean, nobody asked me to come speak when they had the meeting on Grandpa last year i mean the whole meeting was 
because of the whole cam thing opened a bunch of words, oh, a bunch of words, a bunch of words, yeah. It opened, you know, a bunch of doors that were, you know, attempted to be sealed shut. Because when Grandpa entered charity and entered the missions field and everything like this, Moe Stalsfus and Denny Keniston knew exactly what they were getting. You know, it was at the beginning of the church, so neither of them have any excuse. They knew his background. They knew the things he had been accused of in the Eastern Church. They knew why Granny left. They knew, you know, that's why he lost his ministry. But they opened him with, well, you know, open arms. Uh-huh. Because we have to forgive. We can't hold that against him. If we hold that against him, we are just as bad, if not worse than him. And our sin is unforgivable. Right. So anybody who spoke out against him was demonized, um, had mental health issues. I mean, they demonized <laughs> my grandmother and said she was crazy and all sorts of stuff. So with the Christian aid ministry thing happening, they had to open up an investigation. But it was no real investigation. I mean, my my name was already in their mouth at that point. You know, if you go on Menonet and shit like that, uh, my name's in name's their mouth. There. Yep, it yeah. is. But nobody attempted to try and contact me to find out if I had anything to say. No, it was just most Stolzfus and some of the other charity preachers having a meeting with Harold to then say, okay, he's all good. So now anybody who speaks out again, we're just causing strife and controversy. Because yes. most Stolzfus said there's nothing wrong with Harold Hurt. Because your word as a sign that a female at birth person means nothing. So, so that, that's one of the last nice yeah. things, you know, Mose did before he died, you know. <laughs> well, I have some comments about that. I don't think they're really <laughs> appropriate for right now, but I have some comments for you later. Um, so we have some comments. Somebody says this this is why my court case failed because the judge said as far as he knows, the community has all good people and he sees no reason to press charges. And that goes back to what I was talking about, the statute of limitations running out. I personally know people that 30 years after they the abuse happened, they were finally able to report it. They actually went back, they they did report it, the person confessed and and they were charged. But they got like a slap on the wrist, like several months probation. But again, like why? I guess, um, what do you think that does to people who are trying to figure out if they want to report it or not? Well, like for me, I was given the, the detective's contact information last February. I have not contacted him. Um, there's this whole thing. I mean, I know I'm kind of putting myself out there talking like this, but there's the whole, even if this goes somewhere and then I have to talk about it in front of like all these people I don't know, um, only for him to then get, oh, six months probation or something. Is it worth it? I mean, what's that going to stop? That stops nothing. He's left free to do whatever he wants. You know. And there's a documented history of at least like what 40 years? Oh yeah. And I know the detective has Uncle Dan's statement. Uncle Dan has talked to the detective and so has another family member I know of um, who I won't mention by name because I don't know how the yeah. person would feel about that. But I know that person has spoken to the detective. And I said to that person, I was like, well, what difference does it make if I do? And the person said, I don't know if it would do anything at all other than continue to show a pattern. I mean, so it's like, well, what, what's the what's the point? I mean, it's at the point where we'd almost need somebody still in the church 
who's had it happen within like the past two years for anything to be taken seriously, it almost seems like. And you wouldn't wish that on anyone. No. And you know not to mention that when when people are so terribly violated and and they experience that trauma and they get out of the church, like I'm sorry, but you're in a very um vulnerable space. And, well, and then you're forced really, to sit next to the man at the funeral for Yeah. And and it's really, really difficult to report it and go through that and and then for you to feel like nothing really happened to the person that violated you and you know they violated all these other people too, which didn't nothing got brought in those cases. Um and they're free. They're walking free. Like And yeah. I don't think the English world completely understands because I had somebody tell me one time that well if you don't report it you're you're part of the problem on why he's able to go do this to other people and that's really bad I mean I guess you'd say it's victim shaming but it, it's a really bad thing to say to somebody because you know in the in the plain community at least you got you got all these pastors, all these ministers, all this church that's going to stand behind this person, and you're telling somebody that they have to go stand against the whole community. And how do you find strength to do that? I literally can't tell you how I stood in that courtroom in front of those four busloads of Amish people. Yeah, I, I, I don't, don't know, know how you did it. I don't know. And I can tell you that, that that was the that was the moment, the awakening, the realization of how terribly the community has cast me out. I mean, I, I joke don't... all the time I'm an abomination, but it, it's a joke to, you know, it's one of those jokes that is truth. Yeah. There's you know, you're, you're the abomination of the community, but there's only so much you can, you can stand, you know what I mean? Yeah. And here's the other thing is like you have to be able to like report it when you're ready to report it because the other thing is is once you do report it like what's going to happen and you have to be prepared for and and this is where it's different from in the english world when you talk about the dominant culture and they have problems with this they have some of these same problems with like reporting and cops taking it seriously doing proper investigations all of that they have similar problems sometimes this is true but it's different for us because not only are we going against the brainwashing to believe that the outside world is bad, it's of the devil, there's nothing good for you in there, and we're not allowed to tell church business to any of the outside world. That is like honed into you from a young age. You have special brainwashing sessions for this. And then you're fighting against all of that. And then they show up in numbers to show you exactly how little they support you. And they stalk by your house. And my aunt used to go by, when we moved here, my aunt went by here how often? And I'd get letters and everything. Well, now I'm going to out that I live at the same place I did. Well, I oh, guess they didn't shoot. know that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. But oh, well. Until we got another vehicle. And they no longer knew that we were for sure at the same place anymore. I mean, we had family, you know, stalking yep. our house. And then another thing is, is not only that, but like, you also have law enforcement legitimately saying because of this plain background, this person would never do this. Oh, yeah. And, and that's, it's. It's literally, it's like you're up against the wall and it's kind of like, what do we, what, how, how can you speak up against that? If you know all of that, how can you speak up against that? Because you're fighting internal brainwashing, you're fighting everything that you were trained into, that you were brainwashed to believe for like 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, however long you were inside of those communities and that's the only way of not life you knew for many former plane victims 
like how you're fighting against that you're fighting against this whole other thing uh the culture that you come from is not understood in law enforcement they don't hold them accountable they don't like they they will literally have this whole like idea that the church can punish these people appropriately and and if you speak out they'll find ways to terrorize you like i went to my aunt's funeral in the beginning of October of this past year. And it was the first funeral I have gone to since my cousin Paul passed away years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I went and I told my one cousin I'd go, I'd be there to support her, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. What I didn't realize is because I guess I'm still not internet savvy enough, you know, I had made like three comments in February and I had posted some stuff privately on my Facebook, but it was only for my Facebook friends. And I have no reason to believe any of that has gone anywhere else. But because of those couple comments on um, Trudy's blog, they had my name in their mouth. And I didn't know. I had no idea what I was going to be walking into. And then I was forced to, I sat down for the the funeral and I was forced to sit next to Harold Hurt for the full funeral. Well, and, you know, let's, let's talk about them also trying to punish the people that they've already shunned. Well, um, and that's exactly what that is. I mean, that's that's exactly what that is. And so when when you start talking about funerals, like I personally have like this, my my brother died in two in this, in November two thousand four. My brother died, and that was right after all the court cases were closed. And when I went to his funeral, um, they sent this group of like twelve men out. First off, they sent this group of men out and said, "Well." are you going to wear Amish clothes? And I'm like, no, I'm wearing a perfectly acceptable dress. It was too long, Chris. It went all the way to my ankles. Uh, Yeah, I wasn't exposed or whatever. I didn't even try. I didn't. So then they sent me up the road, like half a mile to the neighbor's house. And I was there with three other former Amish people. So we all understood what they were saying. That was part of my hope to stay safe. And we sit there and we listen to them like, bless my brother to heaven, condemn me to hell for however long. And then we go to do the walkthrough and view him. And they sent out 12 men and told the other three ex-Amish people that they could walk through and view him. But I couldn't because it's my fault that the perpetrators of rape went to prison legitimately it is nothing more than them trying to punish the people who speak up so how do you speak up when you know these things are happening well i i seriously think my grandfather at least thought that sitting next to me at the funeral would make me shut up intimidate you oh and it fucking did we have a comment from one of our listeners, um, Stefan, again, and we are almost out of time. So let's answer this comment real quick. Um, because he says, we as English are led to believe that the plain community is taking care of discipline of bad behavior. You got a response, Chris? <laughs> you know, go in front of the church and confess your sins. And, you know, everything's going to be okay. Never talk about it. Nope. Never say a word about it. Don't nope. process it. Don't even pretend that it was bad because, you know, he's he's sorry and you had to, quote, forgive him. Yep. Wait, what? Yep. Is that how it, that, that, that's, I, I'm sorry, that does not help somebody who is a pedophile not be well, a repeat offender. The Eastern Church would say that Harold lost his position as a teacher after what happened. But then he helped start the split off of the Eastern Church 
think it's joy or whatever it was. It was the hope Hopeland conference or something. And he was minister there. So, you know, yeah, we can't be a teacher anymore, but we can be a minister. Yep. Yep. And then we can be a missionary to an impoverished country and traumatize how many people? Still, and that's my point. My point is, is they don't take away access. Like number one, they don't even re- they don't even protect the children in their churches. How do you get no. away with that? Charity Church is big on bringing in people from the outside. They they send out their tapes. They send out everything. They bring these people into an area. They give them jobs where they're dependent upon the church. They allow Harold Her free access to them without letting the parents know that Harold Her has this history. And everybody calls him Grandpa Harold. So, yeah, you're going to let your children around Grandpa Harold. That's Grandpa Harold. Oh, yes. Wonderful. Do you have any final thoughts? Anybody? We haven't let Elam speak much. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you, Chris, for, for giving him hell. Hey, yeah. I, I have to. I mean, after after what was blatant intimidation, if I don't speak, it worked. There you Thank go. You. Thank you. Hey, Elam. Yes. <laughs> for those who didn't understand that, he has to confess in church. He hasn't gotten there yet. But all right, we'll see you all next Sunday. (laughs) Bye. Bye.